just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Next Level Guy Show podcast. Today's guest is DDP Yoga Guru, Wrestling Hall of Famer, actor and motivational speaker, Diamond Dallas Page. Page started out small in the wrestling world, but built himself into one of the most well-known wrestlers of all time. After some serious injuries, he discovered an awesome health transformation workout that incorporated body fat loss, lean muscle growth and improved cardio levels, all wrapped up in a very cool and manly version of yoga that is definitely not your mother's yoga and something you need to check out right now. In this interview, we talk about DDP Yoga, wrestling, the Hall of Fame, the resurrection of Jake the Snake movie and so, so much more. But first, a quick word about affiliates. Next Level Guy has some amazing deals with some awesome companies. To see the exclusive listener deals, discount codes and special offers, simply go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. That's www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. I'd highly recommend you pick up a copy of the Tools of Titans book from Tim Ferriss. It's an encyclopedia of success. The Alpha Brain from Onnit.com and that'll make you far more fluid thinking and quick off the draw. And if you want to build muscle and be great in the gym, you need to check out The Lifting Lyceum by Greg Nichols and Omar Usuf. And if you want to become better women and transform your dating life, you should grab The Natural by RSD Max. All these links and more are available on www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. And now to the interview with the man, the legend, DDP. Hope you enjoy. So for anybody who doesn't know who you are, you're a massive inspiration to me. I've been a big fan for years. Can you just give a quick overview of who you are and why you're so well known? I guess more than anything now, um, Hall of Fame, you know, Diamond Dallas Page going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, if you would have looked at where my career started, you know, I started, I tried wrestling when I was 22 and it didn't work out for me. And I got in the club business. I was already in the nightclub business and I was lucky enough to get an opportunity to run my first, you know, uh, rock and roll bar. I was only 22 and, uh, I sort of got lost in uh, the bar business, and then I, I, I forgot about my dream of being a wrestler, and it left me for like probably seven years. And then when I was, I guess I was 30 at the time, and uh, I just started thinking about it. I started watching again. Jake the Snake Roberts, really, he sort of pulled me in because I was in, so intrigued by his character. And I thought he was real from A to Z. And that's how great Jake the Snake Roberts was. And um, I, I started thinking, you know, I'm too old to be a wrestler. Maybe I'll be a manager. And I literally made up everything. I created Diamond Dallas Page from, you know, the back of my big nightclub I was running by that time uh, in Fort Myers, Florida. And I came up with the name Diamond Dallas Page, the Diamond exchange were my wrestlers uh the diamond dolls were my gorgeous smoking stripper hot like white hot stripper hot uh valets that walked me to the ring they were always different 
There was a whole stable of the Diamond Dolls before Kimberly finally became that the Diamond Doll. But, um, you know, I, I made it all up, and uh, I sent a videotape to the AWA. And they called me two weeks later, and they wanted to bring me and my guys in for a, for a tryout. I, I created these characters. Uh, you know, everything was in my mind. It was all just... It was all just bullshit. It was just me, you know, like dreaming about it. And I always say, just don't think it, ink it, or go farther and actually, you know, create it. You don't know if anybody's going to like it or not till you create it. And I created it. And next thing I know, uh, you know, they, they want to bring me into the AWA. Uh, but I'll never forget Rob Russin, the guy who called me saying, you know, Diamond, we like your stick, and we've showed it around the office, and we've just got one question. Where are you guys working now? No one's ever heard of you. And I had to tell them that none of those guys could wrestle, and this was just the you know, shit I made up. And it was basically, don't call us, we'll call you. But then Paul Heyman, back then, Paulie Dangerously, had left the AWA and went to uh, the NWA and left a huge void for a young guy that could, for a young guy that could talk, and it uh, it opened up the door for me. It opened up the door for me and put me on ESPN with my tag team champions, uh, Bad Company, with my women's champion, the great you know Hall of Famer Medusa Michelli. Um, she went in under Alundra Blaze not too long ago, mm-hmm. but she was the Deuce. She was Medusa. Um, and I, I got to work with Florida Championship Wrestling. I got to work with Dusty Rhodes, and Dusty Rhodes would become my first mentor ever. You know, someone who really cared about me and uh, and taught me. He was the first one to take me under his wing. And uh, then when I went to WCW, it was because Dusty brought me in. You know, without Dusty Rhodes, there probably not probably there is no Diamond Dallas Page. He gave me every break that ever meant anything when no one believed in me at all. You know, he, he believed in me. And, uh, but not as a wrestler, as an entertainer, as a promoter, as, a, um, as an agent, as a producer. You know, uh, he loved my ideas. And uh, that's what really got me notoriety when I was in the nightclub business because I was the guy who did all the promotion I was the guy who put the asses in the seats. And then I, uh, I was up there for about five months as a manager and managing Freebirds, uh, Hall of Fame Freebirds. I would manage uh, the Hall of Fame Scott Hall. Back then he was the diamond stud. So if you really look at my career, I've been surrounded by either Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers. I was lucky enough to create real lifelong relationships with the biggest names in our business. And the one thing that they did, they, they appreciated my work ethic. And that's how, because no one believed in me when I became a wrestler. I mean, I was managing Scott Hall as a diamond stud in the Freebirds, and they basically told me I was too over the top to be a manager. And it wasn't my fault. Magnum TA said, we should have given you a pair of tights and boots and see if you could do this. And he walked away and I thought, you know what? I never got into this business 
because I wanted to be a manager or, or a color commentator. I got into the business because I wanted to be a wrestler. And again, everybody laughed at me. They, no one believed what I was trying to do. And I had to make one believer at a time. And so that was in 1991. And then 26 years later, I'm standing on the stage of the 2017 Hall of Fame class of uh, 2017. And, I, and I'm the opener. And I opened up that Hall of Fame with, I think, one of the best speeches ever done. And it was great because it was from the heart. It was something I worked on for, you know, probably three months. And uh, Eric Bischoff gave me the greatest introduction. It was amazing. And, um, and then I kicked that uh, WWE Hall of Fame off with a bang. So I think, uh, you know, that was my wrestling career, but, you know, I am the CEO and founder of DDP Yoga, and I'm going to be in your neck of the woods in September. I'm doing a whole UK tour going from England up into Scotland and then back into England. I'm going to be there for about two and a half weeks. I can't wait to get back to Scotland because I love your country. I think it's beautiful. I didn't get to see as many sights as I, as I wanted to last time, but this time I'm coming with my wife, Brenda, and we're planning on you know, visiting some of the beautiful castles and just some of the great uh, sights of your country. No, it sounds awesome, and I'd be honored to show you around if I can do anything to help. I mean, DDP Yoga has been amazing. It's something I've been doing myself. Um, and for somebody like me to get flexible, you're a miracle worker. It was amazing. <laughs> I always tell them people that, you know, people think when they think DDP yoga, they think surely flexible, flexibility. But really, it's so much more. It's, it's flexibility. It's breaking up scar tissue, alleviating pain, you know, healing your back, healing your knees, healing your shoulders, healing your hips. So hopefully you don't have to have a hip replacement or knee replacement. You know, that's... If you get it early enough, that's a kind of miracle that DDP yoga can do for somebody. So for somebody listening who has no idea about it, how is, you know, what is DDP yoga and how is it different to the, you know, the spiritual yoga that we were t commonplace in today's society? Well, you know, the, the quickest way I could say that um, is I never developed DDP yoga or DDPY, as they call it as well, when I'm talking, referring to the workout, I never developed the DDPY workout for yogis because I felt that yoga, you know, it's, it's everywhere today. And, you know, um, it's seen in a very calm, peaceful state. And that's what a lot of yoga is. Um, I didn't develop it for yogis. They have a hundred different types of yoga. And I always, I make the prayer sign when I explain this. And, I, and as I'm making the prayer sign, I say, most yogis are very namaste. And then I open my hands into the diamond cutter sign and say, DDP yoga, way more TNA. And what I mean by TNA is tone and attitude. Like, there's no humming and chanting when it comes to DDP yoga. There's no spiritual mumbo-jumbo. 
Not that there's anything wrong with that. I totally respect it, and I get it. It's just not for me. And it's really not for any of the people, the hundreds of thousands of people that do DDP yoga. You know, they, they want to get a workout in. They want to be able to do it at any level. Like when I do the workshop, and uh, let's see exactly, I want to see what date that is because it's going to be in September, but I'm going to be doing a Q&A on that uh, on September 9th. Um, it'll be an inspirational conversation with DDP combined with a you know, question and answer. And any one of my answers are always in some way inspirational. But on the following day, Saturday, uh, actually, actually, the Q&A will actually be on the 8th, September 8th, and then it'll follow up on Saturday the next uh, morning with a DDP yoga workshop. And anybody who comes to a, a DDP yoga workshop, is, it's, it's, it's called inspiration meets perspiration. And it's two and a half to three hours long. Now, we're not going to work out that long, you know, but I'm going to um, – I'm going to – give you the most inspiring speech that I have. See, I want people so pumped up that they feel like they can run through a brick wall. I want them to believe in themselves at a whole different level. And my my inspirational speaking is at a super high level right now because all I'm doing is telling stories about my life and how people can apply it to their own. And you don't have to be a three-time world champion you know, to do what I'm doing. I've created this workout that anyone can do at any level. And the best way I can explain that is look at the disabled veteran that I not only helped lose 140 pounds, but lose his knee braces, his back brace, and his wraparound canes, not just to walk, but to run. You know, look at Jake Roberts and Scott Hall in the resurrection of Jake the Snake. Both of those guys, they were on death's door. They were waiting to die. And through a program that was easy on their body, that had modifications so anyone can do it at any level, uh, they were able to start slow, one step at a time. They, I, I show them how to use a chair. You know, and when I do the workshop there in Glasgow, there will be people who will come in who are really big people. There will be people who need to use the chair. And there will be people who are instructors, like my buddy Manny. You know, he, uh, he's one of my teachers out there in, uh, in Scotland. And he is in unbelievable shape. Unbelievable. And, uh, you know, he teaches there. He teaches DDP yoga. So I'm going to bring him up for a little bit so people can see him. And, you know, if they want to keep going with one of the instructors, not just use our DVDs or our DDP Yoga Now app, they can go get a class with Manny, which, you know, he's a great instructor. And he's really personable, and he cares. And that's what a lot of the program is about, you know, uh, helping people who have lost hope, you know, helping them turn their lives around giving them the inspiration to believe in themselves. Uh, I once said, never underestimate the power you give someone by believing in them. And it's powerful. And the people who 
actually teach my DDP yoga program that actually take people through the DDPY workouts, 90% of them are transformations. And it's either coming from weight or disability, limited mobility, you know, and now they can, you know, run 5Ks or triathlons, some of them are doing, that would never even think about walking around the block in the beginning. So, you know, it's really, again, I developed this for people who would look at yoga and go, I ain't doing yoga. Because I was that guy. You know, this, this whole program comes from necessity. Like when I, I started wrestling at 35, my career took off at 40, which was in 1996. 1997 and 98, I was on top of the world. Featured in one main event pay-per-view after another. And then I blew my back out. I actually ruptured my L4 and L5 those discs that are in between our vertebrae in our spine, I actually just think of stepping on a jelly donut. And now the donut and the jelly are gone. So those vertebrae are bone on bone. And it was excruciating pain. And it took a long time for the pain to go away. But what I did was strengthen all the muscles around that part of the spine to continue to elongate them so they don't sit on each other. And I don't even know how I did it. I just know I did it. And I did it for Chris Jericho. I did it for AJ Styles. I, I showed them how to do what I did and how I do it. And it's helped people with really bad knees, bad hips, bad back, bad shoulders, bad necks. So, you know, that's what I've learned, you know, over this entire journey that pretty much can, if someone, you know, it takes, if you just do the workout and don't do any of the eating plan or anything, you're going to get great results. But if you combine it with the food and the mental attitude, well, you can be unstoppable. And that's why I loved it, because initially I did it when I was hurt. I looked at the, you know, the different options, and people were saying, try yoga. And I thought, nah, it's dull, it's boring, you know, it's, it's hippie. And then somebody introduced me to DDP yoga, and I loved the wrestling terms, the hulking up. You know, it was badass. It's it's manly. It was something I could actually be cool and show people, and it's just so easy. And it's like you're saying, it's there's not it's light workout, but you sweat so much, you burn so much energy, just doing simple movements. And I just love the philosophy, the intensity, and the passion you put into <clears> this. Um, you know, where does that come from? What you know, what made you develop your own version of it? Was it just combining wrestling and the yoga, or you know, did you see a market for guys that was missing? Well, you know, I, like I said, I never developed this for yogis. I developed this for people who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga because I knew they need some kind of yoga in their life. Like if you've been an athlete at any time, high school, grammar school, university, if you continue to play sports, you know, when you're done with school, 
What's great is it keeps you physically active. What no one ever tells you is that you are beating the hell out of your knees, your back, and your hips, your shoulders. You're beating up your body. No one ever tells you that part because they don't really know it till they get in their late or mid-40s, 50s, 60s. Then they're really beat up. Now, today, because we have all these extreme athletes and people push themselves to different levels younger, that I have people who I'm working with who are in their teens right now, you know, who are in their 20s, and I mean a lot of them, but absolutely 30s and 40s and 50s, oh, my. You know, it's like lions and tigers and bears, oh, my. They just, they, they get so beat up. Like, no one's more beat up than I am. I'm like a Ferrari sports car. I just have 998,000 miles on me. You know, so I take care of me. I'm going to teach people about, you know, real food, you know, and, you know, what the other, you know, garbage does to you. You know, you want to know why you feel so? You know, in my country, all the food's been genetically modified, you know, and it's really our obesity level is through the roof. But it's not just obesity. It's heart disease, cancer, diabetes, um, obesity, autism, um, ADHD. I mean, it's crazy, man, how in the last 20 years, how those numbers have gone through the roof. And in our country, it's insane. So I really try to get people to eat real food. And real food is what God created, what you grew in your garden, or what the natural organic guy grew in his garden. You know, because by the time you put all that pesticides on everything, you've totally killed the vegetable. You know, so I try to just smart all that will be a part of the DDP yoga workshop. Inspiration meets perspiration. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk about things that will inspire them. I'll talk about food. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll talk about breathing and how to get the most out of your breath. I'll talk about dynamic resistance, which will be the engaging of muscles and making people understand how to do that because that's how you get your heart rate jacked up, standing still. Then I break down the diamond dozen and take the, everybody through that. And sometimes that's enough of a workout for somebody. And I was just at a workshop in Baltimore. We had 107 people there all working out with me. And after the, you know, after the diamond dozen, I told people, I said, if you want to step off right now, just sit down and chill out and watch the workout. And there was about four people who did that. The rest of the people kept going. And, uh, it really gave them some insight because a lot of people come to, you know, the DDP yoga workshops and they've never done it before. Perfect. Now you can learn the right way from the beginning. So, uh, yeah, I get people who have, you know, invested in the program, invested in the DVDs, you know, that never did it. Like they come there to get a jump start. So, you know, it's, it's really an amazing time. And I, I walk around and, introduce myself and talk to every single person. And then at the end, we take a big group picture with everybody. And then I take a picture with every single person. You know, whoever wants to stick around for it, 
I, I, and sometimes it, you know, it could turn, I could turn into another extra hour and I could be there for four plus hours, but I don't care. I'm going to be there as long as the people are there. I mean, that's why I love listening to you. You know, you're so passionate, you're inspiring and you know, you really care about people, but for those people who are listening just now and saying, yeah, that's fine for people who have competed, who've worked out, etc. You know, what would you say to somebody who's never worked out, you know, quite old, put on a bit of weight? Is How can they start your program if they're worried about X, Y, Z of injuries? You know, because I keep saying to people about the modifications, but I don't think they can understand just how they adaptable understand it. it is. Right. Well, let's put it like this. If someone has trouble, you know, just getting jump-started, period, from what they hear me speak about, that's going to mentally jump-start them. And then I make this so easy that I show you the easiest way. It's called a modification to what the move is. But it's the e- anyone can do it. And I even give them a chair to show them how they could do that. Now, some of the moves, when we get to the actual workout, I won't let them do push-ups. I won't let them do any of that. I'll say, okay, you guys stay there. If you're not going to go up and down, stay where you are. Don't worry about it. We're going to get right back here. And so, I mean, I can't make it. It's impossible to make it easier than I've made it. So, that's that's important that those people feel they can do that. Now, if I look around the room and there's 50, 60, 70, 100 people there, and I can see everybody can do what I'm saying to do, well, then I'm, you know, I'll tell them about the modifications, but, you know, I, I won't have to do all that. But if there are people in there, I'm going to make sure that I do. And, again, the people who are older, the people who are beat up, the people who are really obese, well, they're the people who really need to be coming to this because they've lost hope. And most people refer right back to eating, you know, whatever, whatever it is that they've decided is their comfort food. And that's what gives them the momentary fix, adrenaline, um, euphoria for the moment. And then when they've taken their last swallow and it's done, well, then adds in all the guilt and shame because food addicts are the exact same thing as drug addicts. Same thing. Food is a drug. And unless you're getting your euphoric intake somewhere else, you're going to always go back to the food. And it's really not, you know, it's not, it's not their fault. You know, like, I don't know about your country, but in my country, in the United States of America, when the child turns one years old, 90% of the parents in my country throw a big one-year first birthday party. Now, it's not for the kid because the kid has no idea that there's a birthday party. It's for the parents. Like they made it through a year. Thank God. <laughs> you know, 
by the second year, the kids got a much better idea that they're going to get presents and they're really excited to get presents because everybody gets all excited when someone opens up a gift, when, it's, when it, uh, someone's a child. But by the time they're three years old, they know, like, their birthday, they're getting presents. What else? They're going to get cake. They're going to get candy. They're going to get much else. And as much as they want. So when you get cake and candy and ice cream on your birthday, and 90% of the parents let the kid on that day eat as much as they want, they are doing their child such a disservice. Because now that ice cream and cake, later on it will turn out to be your favorite food that your mom or your grandma creates. And... When it comes to the the um, the mental, the uh, the brainwashing, and the sugar, like there was a study that was done about two years ago. It was a Harvard study. I'm not positive about that, but I know that the um, the university they addicted 43 mice to crack cocaine. And then once those mice were completely addicted, they turned them on to sugar water. 43 of those mice switched over to sugar water. That tells you the addictive nature that sugar is. And sugar is not as bad in your country as it is in mine, but in my country, sugar's in everything. You know, when they try to do fat-free foods, they were like, take the fat out. Okay, take the fat out. Now it tastes like cardboard. How do you make it better? You put sugar in. Okay, you put more sugar in. Okay, you put more sugar in. Now it tastes great. So you took out the fat, you put in the sugar. Like as Americans, I think we consume 10 times more sugar than any other country in the world. So I don't know how it is over there, but I do know that there's some big people over there. Oh, yes. I don't think there's anywhere near as not anywhere near as many as over here. But it all comes down to carrying around that weight. And before you know it, I mean, if you gain, if you're 30, 40, say you're 40 pounds overweight, and then you gain like four pounds, three pounds, three pounds a month for three years. There's 36 pounds a month, three, 12, that's 100 pounds. Boom, now you're 150 pounds overweight. And that could be in three, five, or 10 years. You know, now people have been carrying around. Imagine carrying around all that weight, and then at some point you could just drop that weight off. Of course you're going to feel better, you know, but you're still going to be beat up. And that's, again, where DDP yoga comes in. Now, DDPY workouts are adjustable for someone who's big, someone who's beat up, and 
there's going to be other people there that are in great shape because they do the program all the time. And they're going to be there, and so are the people who are really beat up. And I find a way to make it so everybody has a great time and a great workout. So why do you think that is? I mean, you know, why do we allow ourselves to get to that point? Is it, um, you know, bad childhood, our inability to talk to somebody, you know, not able to express our problems? You know, why, what do you think are the problems we face as men today? I think um, people are lazy, you know, for starters, you know, and they'd rather sit around and play video games and watch TV you know, for starters, I mean, you know, that, that's where it starts. Then you feel like shit. When you feel like shit, well, you just, well, I'm just going to sit here. I don't want to do anything. You know, uh, or you hurt yourself. You could be on the road having an amazing recovery and getting, you know, on your way to get in good shape. Then you hurt yourself. You know, then you come into the excuses, you know, why you can't do something. You see, when I'm actually doing my inspirational talk, I will address all of this. And the thing that's really fascinating um, about doing the, the DDPY workshops, if there's 60 people there or there's 150 people there, there will be at least half of that crowd to 60% of that crowd will come by themselves. Now, that's huge. That someone would actually not have to have someone come with them. And I always encourage people, come with two or three of your buddies, you know, but some people can't find other people to go with them. So they muster up the courage to come to them, come by themselves. And that is huge because that's the first step in what I call owning it. And um, I'm writing a book right now. The editor has the book right now and is going to get me back notes so I can do whatever the rewrite is. But it's called Positively Unstoppable. The art of owning it. And it can be your health, your personal relationships, your business relationships. It could be your goals. It could be your, your fitness level. It could be your weight. It could be any and everything. Because the big part of my inspirational talk will be focused around the story we tell ourselves that inner voice that's inside us, the voice that says, you can't do that. That's impossible. No, you're going to fail. You're going to suck. Oh, God, I hope I don't really suck at this. Oh, God, I'm the queen of the excuses. Oh, my God, I'm the king of the excuses. You know, I, I'm the shits. You know, I'm no good at this. You know what I was saying before I walked out in front of 22,000 people on March 30th for the WWE Hall of Fame, before I walked out there with my four gorgeous daughters, as Eric Bischoff 
is giving me the introduction, there is one voice going on in my mind. And it's so loud that I'm literally saying it to myself over and over again. And it went something like this. This is going to be the greatest talk you've ever done. You are going to blow people away. You're going to make them cry. You're going to make them laugh. You are going to move people to action. This is going to be the most inspiring talk anywhere at any time on any stage. And then I'd say it again. And then I'd say it again. And then I'd say it again. The whole time I might be taking pictures of my daughters backstage. I might be watching my open before Bischoff comes out. The same voice is going on in my head. This is going to be the best thing you've ever done. Now, I'm also breathing in and out, like in for a count of 20, and out for a count of 20. And I know about how long that is because I've done it so many times. But I'll start it with three seconds in and three seconds out. And then eventually I'll build the five and 10. And at some point, I'll just be breathing in and out. And I know I'm somewhere around 20 to 30. And what that does, it levels you. It gives you composure. It gives you a confidence that goes along with the inner voice that you can only describe by doing it. Because most people breathe like this. Or right before, and it's not that loud, but that's how they breathe. In and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. Here's the voice most people are saying to themselves before they ever speak in front of anyone. Like, speaking publicly has been leveled at number one fear, dying. Number two fear, having to speak publicly. And the ones that have to, who don't master the art of owning it, the inner voice will be, oh my God, this is going to, oh God, I hope I don't suck. I hope they don't hate me. Oh God, I hope I don't forget anything. Oh, fuck it. Oh, this sucks. Oh man, I can't do this. Oh man, I suck at this. How did I ever get talked into this? Oh my God. Like that's the inner voice. A little bit different, the one that's going on in my head. And it works for absolutely everything. So how did you develop that? Was that just practice or you know how how did you manage to get to that level of mental strength i i repetition is the mother of learning i wasn't born like this you know um i once heard tony robbins say i'm a big tony robbins advocate um what was fascinating to to me was how he was three years younger than me and doing infomercials at a time when infomercials were just being developed. And he was a forerunner of that. 
And you have to understand that I grew up with ADD and, and dyslexia at a time when no one knew what the hell ADD or dyslexia was. They just thought we were stupid. And my reading level when I was 30 was at about a third grade level. Reading and my writing was probably at a second grade level. And I couldn't read Tony's books. I just didn't have the ability at that time. So my whole thing was I'm never going to be a reader. I'll get someone else to read it to me or I'll figure it out. But Tony had developed these cassette tapes. So even if you couldn't read it, you could listen to it. And I've done many of the of Tony Robbins' programs, and I am a disciple, and I've made a lot of the stuff that he teaches my own. And the reason I made it my own and continue to teach it my way is because it works. And I've learned through God, not just him, but so many. Like, no one... To me, like depression's a serious thing, and people get seriously depressed. But if you do nothing about it, and you embrace the depression, you're fucked. Like, you can't. You've got to, if you don't want to be depressed, you've got to work at it. Now, here are the things I tell people to do that live with depression. Number one. Go on YouTube and just type in motivational speeches, inspirational uh, videos. There are thousands of them. Some are better than others, but they're all great in the way that what's being said needs to be heard said and written over and over and over again. Now, I'm going to give you a, a mantra or a affirmation because that's what it said is in this, uh, this piece I'm about to say to you. I'm going to give you a quote that someone said. You're not going to have any idea who said it. But when I tell you what he said, you're going to know exactly who said it. And you're not from my country, so this guy was so internationally revered, you still should know who it is. You might not, though. How old are you? Uh, 34. 34. I'm 61. I grew up with this guy, okay? But... For you not to know what the quote is, like from Henry Ford or Winston Churchill or whoever, for you not to know what that quote is, because you've most likely never heard this quote, for you to not know the quote, but know who he said it by what he said, how powerful would that be? It's really powerful. Okay. Here's what he said. And I'm going to give it a couple times because people really need to hear it. And it's something like this. When I see it, I memorize it. I own it. It becomes a part of my life. 
and I say it at some point every day. I might say it 20 times that day, and I might be referring to it like I'm about to right now. Here's what he said. The repetition of affirmation leads to belief. I'm going to say that line again. The repetitions of affirmations leads to belief. I'm going to break that down. When I started in the AWA in 1988, in 1989, Freddie Blassie, classy Freddie Blassie, brought my demo tape into the WWF. Pat Patterson, Pat Patterson watched it and liked it, but thought I was too big, too tall to be a manager. So I'm already being, I'm already being told why I can't do something by a guy that controls that position. But here's the affirmation when I would be playing pinball. I would say to myself, I'm going to get into the WWF. I'm going to get into the WWF. Boom, boom, boom. Playing pinball, playing pinball. I'm going to get into the WWF. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. Someday, I don't know when, but someday, I'm going to be in the WWF. That was my affirmation in 1988. 1989, 1990, 91, 92, 93, and just keep going until the day I got there. And it was not what I wanted it to be. It was disheartening. It knocked me on my ass. It was not what I saw for myself, but I also know that I didn't follow up on the idea I had two years earlier about people's champion versus people's champion. Vince McMahon taught me so many lessons that day that would help me later on in business. Like you can't be afraid to walk away from the table. I was 45 years old. I knew when I came in to what would now be called the WWE that my window was short. My window was short, so I had to, you know, move quickly. And I should have taken a deep breath and got up from the table and walked away and said, Vince, thank you for the opportunity, but that's not for Diamond Dallas Page. When you want to be people's champion versus people's champion, call me back. Now, who's the other people's champion? Oh, my God. He's the biggest star in the effing world now, you know, but that's a whole nother thing. But what it taught me ever since that day, if something didn't work for me, I'd get up and say, thank you so much for the opportunity. Like I said, the shark tank, when they really wanted us and five interviews later, and you guys call it, what do you guys call the dragon's den in your country? Oh, yeah, dragon's den. Yeah. Right. For our country, it's Shark Tank. And Shark Tank is humongous. And I turned them down after five separate interviews. And I told my business partner, send them an email. Thank you for the opportunity. 
but we're going to pass. And my business partner, Steve, you said, Steve, are you crazy? Like, we just spent two years on this goal. I said, Steve, I will never let anyone control my destiny. Shark Tank wanted control over everything. I said, I'm not doing that. You know, we're good the way we are. We'll be fine. And event, it's 90 minutes later, they called me back. How do we fix this? And I thought, wow, thank you, Vince. Thank you, Vince. Thank you, Vince. Because if I don't learn that lesson with Vince McMahon that day and Shane McMahon, I, I never have the success that I have with my program. Mentally, financially, uh, spiritually, <laughs> just because of all the people I've helped. So back to the quote, the repetitions of affirmations leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deep conviction, things begin to happen. We'll say it one more time. The repetitions of affirmations leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deep conviction, things begin to happen. Do you know who said that? I think it was, is it Muhammad Ali? How did you know that? I'm sure I've heard that. And when it's just when you were saying it, I could hear his voice saying it. And I'm sure I've heard him say that. And I, f- I can't think why. It just really clicked. So let me ask you, let, let me ask you this. What did he say? Um, it was something about uh, his deep belief. Um... No, 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 no. What? What was his? What was his affirmation? Oh, his affirmation. Um... You, it, it, here's what he said: "I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest of all time." All oh, right, yeah. <laughs> He's been saying it since he was 17. Think about that. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest of all time. He'd been saying it since he was a kid. When they picked the top 100 athletes of all time in the world, in the last century, not of all time, in the last century, he's number four. He's the number one boxer by the next guy, Joe Lewis, at 17. He's the great, he's considered by the sports writers the greatest of all time. He'd been saying it since he was a kid. That's what I mean about the affirmation. You know, before I walk out there in front of this crowd for the Hall of Fame, this is going to blow people away. I'm going to make people cry. I'm going to make people laugh. Most importantly, I'm going to inspire them. Like, that was my affirmation. I was saying it from the moment I started writing it. And I just can't even tell you how many people pulled me aside after my speech and told me, Shane McMahon, man, Shane went on and on and on. So did, so did Stephanie, which to me, they're the two people I want to impress. Of course, Vince gave me a great job, Diamond. <laughs> but, you know, everybody else gave me a fuck, like, because that's just the way it is. That's how Vince is. Vince has got six million things on his mind. You know, and so does Shane and, and so does Stephanie. But Triple H, too. You know, I mean, wow. He wrote me a beautiful text 
about how much he loved my talk. And, uh, you know, right now you could actually, if you get positively living my WWE, uh, DVD, God, I haven't told any of the stories that are on there. Uh, and they had so many stories on there that they gave me a separate section after the biopic, uh, but just on stories that I told because they loved them. And, uh, you know, right at the, when I was filming that, um, right at the end of my, you know, things where I was talking about my life and stuff in my hometown, I got a call from Triple H. And basically, we just started, I thought he was giving me a call back. And the funny part was, I had been calling him for the last month. We, we played phone tag a bunch of times. I thought this was just a call back because it was in October. And uh, I had um, I just finished up there, and uh, he starts talking about my, you know, just what I'm doing. You know, how's it feel like to be back in your hometown? And you know, getting to do it, you know, a biopic on you and. You know, and now, uh, you know, um, you know, start talking about my career. And then at some point it hits me like, man, is this that call for the Hall of Fame? Oh, my God, is this that call? Because it was October. I didn't even think about it. But when he told me, man, it choked me up big time. And, uh, you know, because that has been on my mind that I've never made verbal because I didn't want people to hear I didn't want to put it out there in the universe I let the people put it out in the universe that DDP has been overlooked needs to be in the Hall of Fame I always said when it happens it happens and it would happen at the perfect time and it was the perfect time I mean this year 2017 was the perfect time for me to go in the Hall of Fame all my buddies were in there Jake is in there Scott's in there Kev's in there you know, already, of course, Stone Cold Steve Austin and stuff, you know, Mick Foley. But, you know, we're the guys from the other side of the tracks, too. And you know, we're the guys that almost put them out of business. And, uh, you know, for those guys to go in, you know, Scott and Kev and, you know, then me, of course, the fabulous Freebirds, too, Michael PSAs, you know, to have been in that top echelon, you know, Stinger, you know, when you think about it, of course, Ric Flair, Ric Flair's wrestled everywhere. Ric Flair's a god in our business and should be, you know, should be looked along that way. Um, but, uh, you know, Rick, the guys who came in from WCW, Rick and the Ford Horsemen, beautiful that they were recognized first. You know, then to finally bring Scott and Kev back in, you know, and then the Stinger, the fabulous Freebirds, and then me, you know, like, that's the order of guys who've gone in from really from WCW. And Kevin Scott really are from, and Rick are from both. But, you know, Rick's still our guy. He's the WCW guy, even though he's, he's the everything guy to everybody. Um, you know, but to be, you know, in that, you really look at it, the Freebirds, Sting, me, and Nate, Four Horsemen. I mean, what an honor, you know. So you mentioned, um, you know, Jake the Snake and Scott Hall there. Um, you made possibly one of the most amazing transformations in their lives. 
and you know you documented it on the DVD with Jake the Snake. Can you just go into a little bit about it for anybody who's not seen it? I mean, it's a remarkable piece of film. You know, why should somebody check it out? Well, Dad, if you're a wrestling fan and you haven't seen it yet, (laughs) how could you not seen that movie yet? I mean, it's so powerful. The reviews were mind-boggling. It's truly amazing. You know, like like right now we are the number one highest-rated biopic on Netflix, and that's worldwide. We are the number two highest-rated sports documentary. It is a powerful, powerful piece that, you know, it's dark because it's addiction, but it's powerful in the way that it shows what, you know, what, what a human being can do when they put their mind to it. And that's really the story of DDP yoga. You know, it's like, what can be done when you put your mind to it? Like you are way more powerful than you think you are. But the movie itself, Josh Brolin, you know, he is the actor. Well, he's been in just Google Josh Brolin, B R O L I N. Um, he's been, you know, him cause he's just, he's one of the best actors of, in a, of this generation. And he's amazing. Um, he saw the doc and he wrote to one of our, my other executive producer, Chris, and he wrote, just watch the doc and I'm in stunned silence, a happy ending. And then he put in parentheses, or at least until now, question mark. Wow. DDP. What an amazing guy. Colin, a real man. Uh, thank you so much for turning me on to that. A great story of hope, love, and real compassion. I needed to see that. That's Josh Brolin. And that's one of the greatest reviews you could ever have. <laughs> and I look forward to someday meeting him because I don't know him. I don't know him. You know, I, I, I know of him and I, and I love his work. And obviously he loves mine right now. You know, what, I, what we did with that movie. So if you haven't seen it, you owe it to yourself. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to watch it with one of your friends who makes fun of you because you like wrestling. And we know that we all have those friends who love wrestling. And we have those other friends who are like, how can you do that stupid shit? How can you watch that? Like they're mad at you because you like it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the wrestling, yeah, right. I'm the wrestling it, fan. Yeah, right. But you have a friend who thinks you're an idiot for like a wrestling, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Get that person to watch Resurrection of Jake the Snake with you. See if he gets teared up or choked up. Because that movie's going to make you laugh. It's going to make you cry. More than anything, it's going to inspire you, though. Because I think that's why it's so amazing, was it? anybody can, you know, appreciate it, anybody can relate to it, because it covers, it's not just about sports, it covers, you know, about our own demons and how we can overcome it, you know, how 
friendship can and you know like how you can deal with it and how ddp yoga really helped save their lives and it, it was a, it truly was an amazing thing and you know from growing up watching these guys it was amazing to see you help them you know and for any wrestling fan we can't say thanks enough for it because it was literally watching our heroes crumble and you helped them back on the road to recovery and it must be an amazing feeling to know you're doing that for so many people you know i i don't really i don't focus on it because it gets a little overwhelming at times you know but the fact that um you know, that uh, people are getting amazing results. And I always tell people, don't listen to anything I have to say about the DDP yoga program or the DDPY workouts. Uh, don't listen to anything I have to say. You know, go to Twitter, at RealDDP, at DDP Yoga, or go to DDPYoga.com and go under success stories. And don't even read or watch the success stories. Go to that area for pain the part that, you know, focuses on what people say, because I just take quotes of what people say on Twitter. I mean, that's what I do. <laughs> you know, I don't bring in, uh, I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't write down what people say. I cut and paste what they say in the piece. You know, there was a, um, have you ever heard of the top tens list? It's a site that's online. Have you ever seen it? Is that like BuzzFeed or something like that? It's one of them. It's you know, it's like the top ten's hottest chicks, oh, the top okay. ten best wrestlers. It's always the top tens. That's what it's called. Well, if if you put in home workouts, so put in the top tens and then put in home workouts, or I think it's something like that. Do it home workouts or whatever. You know, P ninety X is number three. And they've got about 50 comments on there. And if it would have been a couple of years ago, of course, they would be number one. But it's, you know, it's not. It's, you know, in the last year. Uh, number two is Insanity. And if it was two years ago, maybe Insanity would have been number one. They got about 90 comments. And then DDP Yoga at the number one spot. The last time I looked, it had 900 and 27 comments that these aren't like, Hey, great workout. These are like paragraphs. People write telling you why you should do the program. I mean, it's mind boggling to me. I tell people, I, if they say, can sell me on your product? I go, no, I'm not. Cause I don't care if you do it or not. That's on you. Now, if you invest in the program, then I care. You know, then I'll actually, if you put the work in, I will encourage you. You know, I'll, I'll set, I'll, I've set up a whole online, you know, place where there's over 19,000 people on Facebook who help each other. It's amazing. Just a DDP yoga members only site. Um, you know, we've created team DDP yoga, where there's team DDP yoga.com where there's over 70,000 people, you know, and again, it's people helping people. That's what we do. And getting back to depression, help somebody don't help anybody you have to feel good about yourself because you just help somebody you know it's probably one of the few times you can't talk bad about yourself because you actually did something nice for somebody and did you do that with david arquette and the ready to rumble you know 
do you ever regret going into well, yeah. do you like uh, did you enjoy the movies and things like that or well I, I thought it was you know but thought the movie was you know good for what it was and it was it's a you know as far as wrestling uh movies go I think it's the best one that's out there for that besides The Wrestler or The Resurrection of Jacob Snake, <laughs> which I wouldn't really call a wrestling movie. But as far as movies are concerned, you know, a lot of people love that movie. And for me, I'll be 42 years old forever in that movie. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, it's fun to catch glimpses of it on HBO when I'm flicking channels sometime. But, you know, I haven't watched it in a, in a decade. But, uh um, David Arquette was just at my house uh, probably about two months ago. We're actually working on a project together right now, which is, uh, if it ever gets off the ground, it'll be amazing. Because I've, um, I've got a couple of friends. Uh, one of them owns a podcast called OSW Review, and they love right. they reviewed um, Ready to Rumble, and you should check it out. I can send you the link. It is one of the funniest things you'll see. Yeah, send it. Um, and they go into yeah, they look at all the old school wrestling, and they're big fans of you. Um, they get they were a wee bit annoyed at how many times you wrestled Mark Merrill back in those days, but uh, they're major fans. So I've got God that that was uh, that was um, you know thank God I wrestled Mark that many times. That's what made me better each time. You know, and of course I never beat him, <laughs> but I cared more about the. Uh, I cared more about the uh, getting the crowd going, and that's we 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 had uh, that's one of the matches that's actually in there for um, um, for uh, my uh, best of because that was one of the best matches that at that time I had had. Well, their site is called OSW Review, and it's based on old school wrestling, and they cover like the Hogan era and the Ultimate Warrior. And, you know, when it started getting into, like, yourself, Stone Cold, Sting, you know, it took me back to being a child, and it, it just relived my youth, and, you know, it's, I cannot thank you guys enough for the way you made me feel then, and the way you make me feel now, you know, you gave me the first big interview on my website, your affiliate program was the one that I first made money off, and to be honest, if you hadn't given me that interview, I don't know if this website would have been here. I don't know if I would have gone on to the podcast. I don't know if I would have found something that I truly love, and I can't thank you enough for that. Um, I truly, truly, from the bottom of my heart, mean it. It was a, just a quick um, fast break question, so I just sort of throw out some prompts, and if you just shoot back whatever comes into your mind. So it's just a couple of couple of words here and there. Sure. Yeah. Um, who was your favourite match with? Randy Savage, the first one, Spring Stampede, because that was the match that really put me on the map. And uh, what was the worst injury you've had in the ring? Well, I blew out my back. You know, my neck really hurt, but I could still move around. With my back, I was crippled, you know, and I had three spine specialists tell me I was never going to wrestle again. That's why there's a DDP yoga. You know, when they tell me my career's over, I just signed a multi-million dollar three-year deal that would have went bye-bye. And it wasn't even so much about the money. It was about finally working so hard to get to this position on the card. So I'd have done anything. And that's where, you know, what looked like was the darkest moment ever in my life turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. 
and that's why you have to always try to stay positive and look for that silver lining, you know, in that cloud, because nine times out of 10, whether you get fired from a job or your, your old lady breaks up or your boyfriend breaks up with you, sometimes it literally can be the best thing to ever happen to you, but you've got to believe that and you've got to move in that direction. Yeah, I mean, that's why I think you're awesome. You know, it's you just take anything bad, you just say, how am I going to turn this into an opportunity? You know, you don't let it beat you. You just keep going and going and going. And, you know, when I used to watch you against the NW, um, the New World Order, you know, it was like that. You just right. kept going and going and going till you achieved what you needed. Uh, what's a guilty pleasure of yours? Um chocolate chip cookies that are gluten-free <laughs> um, ice cream but that's coconut ice cream um i think those are my two biggest guilty pleasures um, and what's an unusual fact about yourself that few people would know oh god I, i'm so transparent i think most people have a pretty good idea probably the biggest fact is that people don't know till they do it, and you might back this up. When you first do DDP yoga, when the workout's over, the first thing you say is, man, I didn't think it was going to be anything like that. <laughs> because in your mind, you've already preconceived what you think yoga is, because you've seen people make fun of yoga and blah, 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 and then you go, wow, that's not what I thought it was going to be. So I think that would be like the biggest thing. Because everything else, I'm so damn transparent. There's, you know. Because that's what I say you know, to people. I'll tell you. You know, all you need is a pair of shorts and a t-shirt or, you know, any loose-fitting clothes. You just need a bit of right. space. And then all you do, you know, you're contracting muscles. You're putting yourself into poses. And people go, yeah, you can't get fit. And it's like, try it. Just, you know, it's amazing how much you sweat and how much calories you burn just by doing it. And you make it so much fun just by, you know, like all, like throwing up the gestures and hulking up. And before you know it, you've, you know, you're in great shape. And there's hundreds of thousands of people who are doing it daily. And it's just proof. The proof is in the pudding, as they say. Um, yeah. So what do you want people listening to this interview to take from it? You know, what do you want your universal message to be? Anything's possible. You know, so many people don't believe in anything. You know, they don't believe they can do, you know, there's just so many people don't believe they can do the things that they actually can really do. You know, and by just listening to some of the things like the, if there's one thing just from this interview is stop filling your head with the senseless negative garbage, you know, try to fill your brain with positive belief, love, um, you know, conviction that it's possible for you, you know, to actually turn your life around. You know, and if it's already going in the right direction, to, to give it a boost. You know, there's anything's possible. And that's really what, I th you know, I hope people walk away from. You know, when I, anyone comes to one of my DDP Yoga Inspiration Meets Perspiration, 
Like they literally, for that moment, they're on track big time. And I tell them how to stay on track. Like my app, my DDP Yoga Now app with Motivational Mondays. And God, there's got to be 50 Motivational Mondays up there. You can listen to one a day for the next 50 days, you know. And again, it's listening to, to, to positive intake, you know, focusing on, you know, giving yourself a positive story about yourself as opposed to a negative story. And so my final question, because I know you're pushed for time, um, what's, how can somebody keep in touch? You know, how can somebody reach out to you, attend a clinic, a workout, you know, the, how can somebody buy DDP yoga or get tickets for the event in Glasgow? Well, um, pretty much everything's on ddpyoga.com. Our DVDs, because some people don't, don't want the app. They, they, they want to have something physical in their hands, especially when it comes to a workout. Um, and that's why our DVD sales are still so amazing. Um, you know, you go to ddpyoga.com, it's all there. And it's all regions, and we ship anywhere and everywhere. Um, and today, if you, if you get the program, we've got some kind of a summer sale going right now. So I know it's not as much as it normally is. Plus, you get three months of the app for free. So that means that you'll get the DVDs on the way. But even if you didn't want the app, you get to try it for three months. It's a subscription model, but you don't have to keep it. But if you get it and you start using it, it might blow your mind because it's not just the workouts where you're going to get 15 workouts with the DVDs, with the app. There's over 150 workouts. And every week we add another one to two workouts every week. And it's at all levels. It might be a chair workout. We have a seniors workout we're developing right now that's really for everyone 60, 70, and 80. The workouts literally start you off in bed. You know, and then you finally work you out of bed to the chair. And you don't even get off the chair. You work out sitting in the chair. Then you get up and you start to learn how to use the chair for balance. So there will be no reason why. You can't do something. Like, I've taken all of the, but I can't do that out. If you're a paraplegic, you'll be able to do pieces of the workout. You know, if you're an amputee, you could do the workout. I, Zach Gowan and a guy named uh, Stephen Wright, they're both amputees. Stephen's a disabled vet amputee from the Navy. Lost his leg and four of his fingers. He's training to be a teacher right now. And he's up there doing our chair workouts with Zach. You know, so there's no reason why anybody can't do it. And then there's all the food stuff. I created all these amazing recipes that I've done either myself or my wife or, or friends of mine or chefs who are friends of mine that make these amazing delicacies that are unbelievable, that taste great, but are all healthy. And so you get the inspiration, you get the food, you get the workouts. And that's all on the app. So all that's there. Um, you want to follow me? Follow me at, at RealDDP, at DDP Yoga. Uh, if you want to do the workshop, go to ddpyogaworkshops.com, ddpyogaworkshops, to secure your space in Glasgow. 
and I'm really looking forward to being there. Um, and Ian, I want you to send me some places you think throughout Scotland I need to see. I want you to, because we're going to be there for a couple of days. And if we're in your area, you could definitely give us a tour around. But other areas that you think that I, you, if you're coming to the country, you've got to see this. You've got to see that. You know, uh, maybe different areas we might want to stay in. Because you know, wherever we go, we'll get, get I want to, I'm going to probably stay in the best hotel. You know, because I, I want it to be super want to wine and dine my wife. I want to have an amazing trip. She's never been there and she loves to travel. So uh, whatever information you can give to me or anyone who's listening right now, if you want to send information to Ian so that he can uh, get it to me and let me uh, know where you think I need to see. Uh, and then I'm doing the same thing in Manchester and London. And, you know, uh, we're going to be there for two and a half weeks. So we're really looking forward to it. Well, it'd be my honour to help. You know, if I can give anything back to help you for the help you've given me over the years, I, I'm more than happy to do. Um, yeah. So the um, floor is open to you. If there's anything you would like to say, anything you'd like to add, or you know, it's um, I just want to say it's been an honour again, and I'm so glad that you um, had the time to speak to me today. Well, it was a pleasure being on here with you, bro. I pretty much said everything. DDPYoga.com. It's all. And uh, hope to see you guys in Glasgow. And let's do another uh, interview right before I get out there. Perfect. Well, I'll be in touch shortly. I'll send you the link, etc. And we can set something up uh, neither the time. You got it, buddy. It's been an honor. Hi, man. Great talking to you. Thanks a lot. Thank you, pal. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it. Practice it. Use it. Until next time, keep trying to hit that next level in your life.